0: This is the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Invincible Episode 8, Where I Really Come From.
1: I was wrong to raise you as a human. I should have prepared you better, taught you more. Your life has been soft and painless. You're a Viltrumite in blood only. Well, your true education begins now.
0: Welcome back, fellow Guardians. Yes, it is I, one of your hosts, Chris, and this time we're talking about the Season 1 finale of Invincible, where I really come from. It is the the epitome, the culmination of blood, guts, gore, and one guy never getting to say his actual superhero name. (laughs) I am joined by my illustrious
2: co-host... Yes, I'm your other co-host, Derek. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Um, I loved, cause we can say this now, the season one finale for Invincible. I loved this this week. We got the announcement that we're getting two, at least two more seasons of Invincible from uh, Robert Kirkman and Stephen Young. Uh, the reason why I mentioned it is exactly as you say, Chris, a character who doesn't get to say his name. Cause we have uh, Stephen Young getting a phone call from Robert Kirkman to tell him about the two new seasons. And he goes, Oh, wow, two more seasons of. And then it cuts to the title (laughs) "Invincible." So Stephen Young, I don't know whether he's ever said "Invincible" in his life.
0: He probably hasn't. It's probably a running (laughs) gag now. It's just going to be like, yeah that that comic book show, yeah that that animated show, that series of where you play a superhero. Like they'll never say "Invincible."
2: Exactly, or everybody else around him will say Invincible and he won't be able to talk about it in interviews or anything. <laughs> but that's a great announcement, though, isn't it, that we, that we do have two more seasons, at least, of the show. I think uh, Kirkman said, I hope we have a million seasons. So <laughs> so that's Kirkman, of course.
0: He's got the material for it. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie. Like, again, this is based on a 144-issue uh-huh. epi- uh, show. He said he is expanding elements of this. This is his version two uh-huh. of a story, second draft. So he's got the material, 16 more episodes, what, 15 to 14 more hours of yep. Invincible? We were messaging each other, and you, you basically, I was middle of my day-to-day day job, and I got your message, and I just ear-to-ear grinned, because this is, this is my, I don't know, this is my um, magnus opus of kind of a show to talk about it's animated, it's adult it's based on a comic book I know like, literally, I would just need an adult Spider-Man, and that would be, that would the only thing that would beat it would be an adult Spider-Man cartoon.
2: Hey, I think if you look at uh, look at some certain sites on the internet, they do have an adult Spider-Man in there. That's true. <laughs> the upside-down uh... upside kiss is included in everything, Chris. Oh, my God, yes,
0: yes. Okay, let me say, an officially licensed product. Oh, right, right. Yes, yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, this was huge news. It really was. It was uh-huh. a way for them to really plant their flag, like, this is something we believe in. This is, and this also then makes me happy to think that we, over the last eight weeks, have seen a probably a steady word of mouth growth. Absolutely. For this show. Yeah. To the point where I was seeing people who have never talked about MCU, have never talked Mm -hmm. about. Like, one of the persons loves Bridgerton. I saw them talk about Bridgerton for ages, and that was it. Like, that's... Like, they're they're not... I'm not slagging Bridgerton. It is a fantastic show with a lot of booty.
2: Haven't seen it. But,
0: like, they... This didn't seem... This never would have crossed my mind for a show for them to watch. And I saw them Instagramming about it last night, going, Oh, I can't wait a couple more hours to Invincible Mm finale. I'm like, what the... What? You
2: just
0: <laughs> not everyone can love a show, but this was just I did not expect you to. I'm so happy you are, and guess what? Season two and three, and I told them, and they were super happy.
2: Well, even just talking about the numbers from our podcast, you know, I, I keep an eye on the numbers for downloads for our episodes, and Marvel tends to be where we get most of our downloads. Yeah. When we do a Marvel show, we get uh, we get our biggest uh, hit from our audience. That always it's always happened. Uh, right now, we've covered One Division and Falcon and the Winter Soldier this year on the podcast. Um, when the first couple of episodes, I think three episodes of Invincible came out in the same day, we released our, our podcast about that. We were getting about a third of the audience for the first three episodes. And then the fourth episode, uh, it kind of went up a little bit. And weekly now, every single week, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was coming out and our Invincible episodes are coming out. And we have exactly the same audience. for are both... Uh, for both <laughs> shows so i think invisible is is as big as uh we'll probably get on um on amazon prime at least uh the boys was our was one of our biggest shows as well before so amazon prime are certainly uh upping their stakes and getting their viewership uh out there for these kind of shows and it's great to see them. and we're getting a brand new audience coming to us uh, for our podcast too so uh welcome aboard uh if you've joined us for invincible of course
0: Yes, so happy. By the way, we do have a third, but we know that you're actually secretly here because you don't like our third on the oh. other shows and you just want to hear just the two of us talk. So on that, thank you so much.
2: Yes, yes. Our, our third member of our, of our cast of uh, of podcasters, John, has not joined us this week. He thought he was going to join us for this episode, but he's uh, he's unavailable uh, to join us. Uh, but I will talk a little bit about his viewing experience for this episode uh, <laughs> later excellent. on. Let's jump into the episode there, Chris.
0: Yes, just. let's do it. First and foremost, do you want to tell us who gave us what?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Once again, uh, show created by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Othley. Uh, this episode was written by, of course, Robert Kirkman, because your showrunner always writes your starter and ender of a season, right?
0: Exactly. They have to.
2: Yeah. The episode was directed by William Rizica. Uh He was a storyboard artist on uh, Wonder Woman, Bloodlines, Justice League vs. Teen Titans, Batman, Bad Blood, and he was also an animator on Spider-Man Unlimited and Transformers Prime. Lots of great shows there.
0: Oh, I love Bloodlines, and I did actually really enjoy Bad Blood. That was
2: the that was the Damien one, if I remember correctly. I think that's the one, yes, yes, absolutely. Chris, do you want to tell us the synopsis for the episode?
0: Sure. Mark must prove he's become the hero he's always wanted to be by stopping an unstoppable force.
2: Well, he kind of does, I guess. Yeah, <laughs>
0: he, he stops the unstoppable for- force with his
2: face. Mm-hmm. And his arms <laughs> and his legs and pretty much every part of his body, yes. Yeah, absolutely. pretty much.
0: It, it's just like, <laughs> it's like stopping, it's trying to like stop the wind. And his work.
2: thoughts and feelings, though. He uses, he uses those <laughs> as well. Uh, does he?
0: I have a question about this, but let's get on to that later. I have a question, does he?
2: Yeah, we normally talk about our top points uh, for the episode, um, but this episode really is totally centred around our main point, which is the real Vultrum, the real reveal of what's going on with Omni-Man and the planet of Vultrum. Um, so I think we'll probably talk about that as our yeah. as our kind of big moment from the episode, and then we'll kind of fill in some of the other stuff that's, that's in there to uh, lead to a season two and, and season three, right? So that's probably the best way to go, right?
0: Yeah, I think that that that's fair. That's the best way.
2: So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. With Volgemites are bad. Oh yes, they are. You've been teasing for weeks that the <laughs> uh, the basic concept of this uh, superhero on the planet would be revealed as to why um, he did what he did. We all thought there was going to be some reason behind why he killed the original Guardians of the Globe. Um, well, that's not the only thing he's doing here. Uh, I think I'd speculated on the episodes. I think it stayed in the in the recording. I did edit it, so uh, I'm sure it stayed in the recording. That the, My speculation was that he was planning for an invasion. It was similar to that, but I didn't realize the extent of how far yeah. uh, Omni-Man and the planet of Voltrum was going. So we get the flashback. We get the reveal of what the might do, which is effectively they weed out the weak and on their own home planet have spent century wiping out all of the weakness that they had, and now they are left with only people who believe in the Voltramite. Uh- ideals and what they want to accomplish. They've gotten rid of everybody at half their entire population to weed out everybody. We also hear that Nolan wasn't even born when this happened. He, he came along afterwards. So he's only been in the society of the strong Vultramites as well, which I thought was quite interesting, but it, I think that Nazi ideal, as I was describing it to you, Chris off, off Mike, that Nazi ideal that was in there is the one thing I couldn't have guessed was going to happen that he's talking about. uh, First you wipe out all the weak, and then, you make a great society, and what he's actually doing on Earth here is actually wiping out all of the strong, all of the defense of Earth, so they can easily be incorporated into into the Vultramite society.
0: Yeah, uh, and it, we we do learn more about it in the comic books, and like, it, it, the the theory is there. Like it's they've already kind of planted all this beyond the seas. They've told it. The whole aspect is they were getting tired of waging constant war. Mm. So why not? send one person to destroy those defenses, and then that incursion and inclusion into the Empire is easier. Yeah. Because they were spread too thin. That is essentially, this is an Empire that has gone to the furthest reaches of space mm-hmm. and have had to war on multiple fronts because they wanted to bring everyone in, the strongest of the strong. Uh And yeah, this is the... The, the culmination was we're going to take 35 special order SS type guys to go in and work behind the enemy lines mm. to essentially prepare them.
2: Interesting. So I didn't. I didn't hear a number in the episode. So that's probably a comic book thing. Thirty-five of their. Oh, he says decades. it. He does say he it. Said, great. That so he we says, so we yeah. have a kind of a number as well. So one of the things that's obviously really interesting about this story is that it only takes one Omni Man to effectively destroy all of Earth's defenses. Yeah. What about all of the rest of the people from that planet who presumably have uh, as big powers as he does because he doesn't mark himself out as anything unique. From Vultramite, he basically says everybody there has those powers. So, uh, oh yeah, so that's got kind of interesting. If you have an army of them going up against a, a weakened Earth, who's gotten rid of all of their heroes, or whose heroes have all been taken away, um, nobody can beat them. Really, no. So. There's an
0: empire of Vultramites. Yeah, like, and there's like the thirty five was just thirty five going off to the planets to be live in that planet. Mm-hmm. Um, the other key thing I just wanted to call out before we go on is the age.
2: mm Hmm. Yes.
0: So this has now been established. So yeah. which okay, which is uh Voltramites age slowly. Mm-hmm. So he when Mark is close to five hundred years old, he will look thirty. Yes. So his as you get older your aging slows down. So just cast your mind back mm-hmm. to a time immemorial in, in an episode where Nolan flies into a different dimension Uh where time runs super fast. And we didn't, I didn't call it out then because it would have led to questions. Yeah. But years and years, potentially hundreds of years passes Mm -hmm. while Nolan is destroying a world. Yeah. And then he flies back and we see him with the beard. Mm -hmm. Like, so just, yeah, like just, Wanted to call out that when Nolan was away in that that for in that other dimension, he was gone for hundreds of years.
2: Possibly, yeah, possibly hundreds, yeah, because. Again, if you're saying that time slows, then growing a massive beard like that might take you, Chris, a couple of weeks. But, but days. For, let's get, so, I'm going to call it days. Yes. Okay. Well, well, done, <laughs> uh, that would take me a couple of uh, a couple of hundred millennia. Uh, but uh, but yes, it could be absolutely, as you say, it could be a couple of hundred years that he was there. Uh, we're going to talk about them a little bit in another point. That uh, that planet that he visited as well. Uh, but you're absolutely right calling that out because he does mention to uh, this whole piece to to Mark and i think it kind of plays into the fact that he believes life is completely insignificant outside of the Vultramite home homeworld effectively his homeworld he's there for them and he describes the insignificance as yeah but it's just a blink in in time you know he's yeah. he's the fight between mark and i'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second but the fight between mark and nolan where he's beating on him and beating on him and then mark's not accepting this idea from his father and then he kind of goes well, screw it, I could just kill you and uh, have another child. What's 17 years in, in a thousand-year-old or thousands-of-years-old person? I yeah. could just kill you and, and make another child, you know? Um, so he totally believes that all the world is insignificant.
0: Yeah, and it, it it's so... It, the, the, well, I think we've seen this in a couple of different, mostly comic books or, f- like, books or novels, that not this particular... The, the whole thing is that if you live forever... Mm-hmm. What does the in between moments look like? Absolutely. If you're if you're in, if you are immortal, like does ten years with someone? How does that compare to the hundreds of other years in yeah. your lifetime?
2: Yeah, I think my favorite representation of that is probably the Anne Rice vampire novels. That's uh, the whole story behind those is people that live for thousands of years. Outside of the world, how do they connect to the world kind of thing? So, yes. uh, So, yeah, this is a, a very big flip on that. But, um, will we talk a little bit about the fight? Cause there's lots of interesting movements <laughs> in this fight. Um, how, how well directed? Because you could easily just brush it off and say, this show is violent. And all that happens is people get punched in the face and get covered in blood. And then there's more violence and then there's more violence. But I think they actually, uh, structured the violence in this episode to really demonstrate. What's going on between Mark and uh, and his father? I think it was really interesting, really well done. Obviously, the in- original initial fight is about what he's being told between Mark and uh, and uh, Nolan. But as the fight goes on, I think the push towards Mark accepting how insignificant human life is is so well done. Um, the, Slightly graphically done, very graphically done, and I think it does take cues from other superhero shows. So I don't, I don't think. Invincible could have existed in any way without other comic books. There's other other comic books where you go, that's an amazing comic book. Read that. If you never read another comic book, then um, this is the one that you should read. I don't think Invincible is like that. I think you absolutely need to have a knowledge of... Comic book movies, comic book TV shows, or comics themselves to be able to get why it's so significant. What I was, what I found the most interesting part of the or the best part of the fight, I suppose, was the destruction of Chicago. Yeah. Um, when Nolan punches Mark into Chicago, and you see buildings fall on top of people, they do so much in every TV show and movie to show how humans, regular humans, escape the destruction from superheroes, whereas here they're naturally seeing a car flip over and kill five people that were just on screen yeah. a second ago, naturally seeing somebody who's buying an ice cream, getting killed and the person behind them in the, in the queue, the a daughter, girl, yeah, or the daughter, the daughter, yep. Uh, watching on as the person in front of them dies. Like it is showing more realistically what would yeah. happen if a city was being destroyed. We saw in uh, man of steel. I think it was the big example of that where we had uh, metropolis being destroyed and still loads of people surviving they didn't dwell on loads of people being killed in that, whereas here they're going, well, you know what? Actually, if a building's falling down on a credit street full of people, everybody there's going to die.
0: Yeah, no, this for me was the um, the epitome of the realism of this, so as you said right and I, I it's the best example, and thank you it is this exists and is predicated on new understanding superhero. Norms and mm-hmm. tropes, be yeah. it through film, TV, or through comic books, so that the good guys always win, the mm-hmm. humans are saved, general population is bubbled and safe, and you're like, it. It kind of started with probably on a in its kind of celluloid. It started with Man of Steel, and there was always that kind of Superman doesn't kill, people mm-hmm. don't die. And then when we saw Batman v Superman, see, like, Ben Affleck run into destroyed buildings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This takes it that step further. And it really does because it's showing the fragility of a human being mm-hmm. when, theoretically, gods are fighting in the, that yeah. general sense of the word. Absolutely. <laughs> They are theoretically immortal in, in based on human lifespan. Or they invincible. We in, <laughs> don't say that word. <laughs> um, they are indestructible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, again, and when you throw water or, like, when you put a bullet-shaped water against a rock, the water spreads around it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the best way I can see is that, like, you see when he flies and you hear, you hear Mark fall through the building and break the sound barrier before he comes through. And then just the, you see the horror on his face when he sees the destruction his unconscious body Mm -hmm. (laughs) has caused by ricocheting consistently down the street. Yeah. And it's just so... Not that I revel in violence and gore and like I do. I love my Hammer House of horror films and there's <laughs> not I love, that I revel in it, but I do. Yeah. well, I, I, I revel in horror. Yeah. Like that's a different thing. And like I, I don't revel in this, but it's so well stri- scripted to show the like exactly. that fragility. Yeah. And I, before we get to the, the, the underground scene, yeah. I want to talk about just the 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 flight fight and mm-hmm. uh, way we see them and then the culmination of that. So seeing Nolan fly against and destroy those fighter jets, yeah, when and they it. fire those rockets at him is so well done. Yeah, the culmination of Mark trying to save.
2: Oh yes,
0: the 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 human life, mm-hmm. and then. This is where you really start to see the the twisted nature of Nolan and the, the, the in the, the choice and understanding in his eyes of how insignificant yep. human life is. It's like what it, it, there's that kind of there's that whole piece was like um what care does a boot have for an ant?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's uh, Loki, isn't it? From uh, yes. From Avengers. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but it, it is also speaking back to what we've seen on the series. And I know Mark has this moment later on when he remembers everything his father said to him uh, and that we've seen on the show. And when you take it from this new point of view of who Nolan is, everything that he said is not a lie. Everything that yep. he's been saying to Mark about things being beneath him is exactly how Nolan feels. Why save one human? Save the planet that they're on, because the planet's going to become part of the Vultrum Empire in the future... Don't save the individual person because they're going to be dead in 50 years anyway. What do they yeah. matter? And the fact that Mark saves the pilot and then has his head crushed right in front of him That's... Uh, by his father in this most brutal manner. It's like, well, what does it matter if he dies today or in 50 years? Because 50 years is nothing in our lifespan. Um, It's so, again, it's so well written and it's all calling back to stuff earlier on in the season. Even the violence that happens in Chicago with people dying around them that in most other superhero movies would be saved. That's a callback to the battle back in episode two with the alien attack, where we saw an old lady getting, uh, getting destroyed right in front of Mark and loads of other innocent human beings just getting destroyed in front of them. So it's just, again to use the words you've used uh, already it's the culmination of everything we've seen this season and that's why it's a well-written season they've taken all the elements they've given you all these moments earlier on and put them into these this final battle between Mark and uh, and Nolan which is really good yeah um also the moment of Mark trying to trying to actually save at least one human oh um yeah. where he grabs the mother who falls out of the window by her arm and the next we see of them is Just her arm in Mark's hand as the building has fallen down. Um, Brutal. Like, yeah. Shocking. (laughs) The child, you just, you
0: forget. It's like, oh yeah. So the mother's amputated and dead under rubble, and that kid is gone.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's shocking, and I, you yeah. can see, like I've seen so a lot of people just kind of put up the the um, like different types of gifs and, or gifs, depending on your <laughs> I want to call it, um, uh, or just the shocked face emoji for talking about this, mm-hmm. because that is how I sat there. I knew what was coming. Yeah, like I knew this is like this all was here, and I still sat there in rapture. Uh huh. And I the the best. The best I can give it is that kind of and why I kept saying this is Kirkman's opus Magnus Opus, this is his V two, his news telling of this story, so it's he's had this opportunity is the subway scene.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say that I've been, you know, we've been podcasting for six years. I usually write the notes for all of our episodes as well. Uh, I was just going to say that I've watched this episode three times in order to get my notes together for it, because every time watching, it, I'm going, oh, my God, I didn't yeah. just do that as well. There are moments in this where I'm going, there's too, there's too so much being thrown at you about how insignificant life is for this character of Nolan that has always been avoided in normal TV shows, cartoons, movies of every type. Uh, you know, the dog always escapes, you know, that kind of stuff that you see in every Hollywood movie. There's always a moment where the innocent person gets away. But what we're what we're being shown here is Nolan disregards everything so much that everybody can die. Everybody, and it doesn't matter to him, one iota. So yes, the subway moment. So that's kind of the next level above. Let's see how you can accidentally cause massive damage in Chicago. This is, I am going to force you to destroy an entire train full of people and you are going to be covered in their blood as it's as you are passing through every single carriage, watching people innocently traveling on their commute, effectively, dying in your face. Like That is brutal.
0: On your face. On your face. Because yes. they are hitting you. They are the immovable objects. He's being forced, and it doesn't help that he's flailing. Yeah. Like, Mark is full on flailing against it, and that is, you see this one part, he actually whips his hand through mm-hmm. one person, much like his father did with the immortal. Yeah. That, for me, is just like, yeah, okay, that is when you, you pour water on a rock. The rock does not move. Right. And it's like that, like, blood just dripping and just... Inviscerating over people this is not violence for violence's sake and that's why i think it's so well written because it's it's just so it's not even examples it's just the epitome of showing why this like what do you why do you care about them mark stop caring about them Mm -hmm. and then it's like okay we're gonna fight and he shoots you off and we fire you into the side of a mountain mm-hmm. and punch you until the mountain cracks. Cracks. Yeah. By the way, which looked fantastic.
2: Really did. Yeah, really um,
0: did. And then just causing that massive, massive avalanche mm-hmm. where you see people run. There's a. I think I saw a dog get killed. It's a whole because, town.
2: He destroys an entire town yeah. while beating on Mark. Nolan knows he's not going to kill Mark there, at least. He's not trying to kill Mark. This isn't the the hero versus the villain where they're trying to do everything to kill them. Uh, accidentally, a town gets gets destroyed. Yeah. This is him trying to teach Mark a lesson and a whole full of people get killed in the process. Yeah. Um, and it leads to that, that kind of final discussion between Nolan and Mark where he's saying to him, I shouldn't have brought you up as weak and human. You should always have been brought up as a Vultramite now all you are is someone that has has the blood of the Vultrum Empire in your veins, but you are human, effectively, but you aren't one of us. Um, and that's where he's saying to him, you know, 17 years is nothing in my life. I can kill you now and, and move on, basically. Um, and then we have possibly my favourite comedy moments. This is the one you wanted to talk about, Chris. So uh, There's a little comedy moment in this, a little comedy touch in this, I'd say. The memory of Nolan, uh, of... A day at a baseball game watching Mark hit a home run effectively. Um, why I say it's a comedy moment is the cutback. Sorry, (laughs) I'm laughing, but it's the cutback from happy Mark as a child with no front teeth to Mark on the mountain with no front teeth and his father just (laughs) punched out of his face is. I think that's a really funny cut. And an animation, that's exactly what that cut is supposed to be. It's, it's yeah. supposed to look exactly the same. But the fact that it's his father having just punched the front teeth out of his son, um, I just thought was very funny.
0: No, and it, it is. It's
2: just also... And I'm not taking away from the emotion of the scene. The scene itself that, was emotional. But that's before the I moved problem. <laughs> that is
0: my problem with this scene. Okay. So this is something... I I had to reread the comic books, but this is not my memory of the comic books. And it just seemed a bit too... 80s family values.
2: Okay, that's not the reason why he makes the change. I and mean, This is just a memory he has of Mark at the baseball game, and it's it's the contribution of his wife, Deborah, to the life of their son. This is why he's yeah. different. Is That's all the memory is supposed to be. The change is actually when Nolan comes back and effectively shouts at Mark that you're going to live 500 years. Nobody else in the world ma- should matter to you. What are you going to have in 500 years? The fact that Mark says... You, Dad, that's what I'm going to have in 500 years. That's the change in Nolan.
0: Yes, but he's already shaking, and his fists are already shaking from that memory before he punches Mark again. And Mm -hmm. that's when he's screaming at Mark. So his hand has already been stayed but to to a degree by that. And that's the one where I was like,
2: He's trying to push through it, of course, but it's not. Yeah. The, I just mean it's not the full change. It's certainly the no, start exactly. of his knowledge, but but yeah. I do think the line from Mark when he's bleeding and broken on the ground, having been beaten by his father all across the country, possibly the world, getting to another mountain <laughs> range, um, and still says, "I'll have you, Dad, in five hundred years." You know, that's that is the the go- the great and really yes. well written moment of of the episode and why the change happens. I think it's I think it's fantastic,
0: and that th- that is very close to what happens in the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Like that and that's the emotion for me, which is the the father son bond. And it's like, well, they'd all die, but it'd still have you.
2: Yeah.
0: I this I don't know. This baseball scene just took me slightly out. And it's it's designed to take you out. Yeah. It's just it just felt slightly slightly out of place for me. It feels like a trope.
2: You're right. It feels like something from an eighties movie. Absolutely. Let's have a memory back to their child. Uh, but I love, but I do love that, that Nolan's, uh, not looking at proudly as a father at the baseball game. He's like, I could just go up in the air and watch it from the sky yeah. and have a much better view. Uh, he's not looking as a proud father until Debbie intervenes. Yes. Um, let's talk quickly about Debbie, if you don't mind, uh, throughout this it. episode, because, um, Debbie's a, Debbie kind of intimates that her investigation with art into what happened has caused this all to blow up um and she's putting all of the blame on herself that this is happening between Mark and Nolan um and she's lost Nolan completely i just thought it was interesting because i do think she's quite a strong character in the show but the fact that you see how much pain this whole thing has caused her and her kind of final moment in the episode with art where she's saying give me a whiskey is effectively saying that i want i just want nolan to come back i want my nolan back and if i hadn't done this investigation the whole thing wouldn't have blown up is what she feels and i don't think that's i don't that's right she shouldn't feel like that but no. that's the feelings of the character yes. so it, it makes sense uh, to have it but i do like um how the grief that's coming out of her for the loss of her family effectively is yeah. is portrayed by by sandra oh.
0: i i it's the disgust at cecil cecil when he he kind of kind of interrupts her uh, and he's when he kind of like the, the initial one where he's before he starts talking about how Nolan has been killed and mm. his books are going to get sold and they'll be taken care of.
2: Is that the first time we heard that he's a travel writer? Because I don't remember that as being the the premise of his of his character in the show. I always just thought that they hadn't mentioned that he was a travel writer until uh, that line is what I thought happened. And then I went, oh, that's that's really smart. Uh, he oh, travels oh, around oh. the world, so of course he'd write a couple of uh, a couple of notes on that and sell a few books. <laughs> I don't know.
0: The fellow Guardians, you'll have to get back to me on this one. Get yeah. it. Come back to us on this because
2: I'm i a slightly... Was it I'm, just in the comics kind of thing or was it in the episode It was in thing? the comics. Yeah.
0: And but I just now can't remember if they actually said it. I, I, I have a vague memory from like episode one or two.
2: See, I think partly because the first three episodes were released at the same time, we yeah. did the three podcasts back to back at the beginning as well. And those kind of little details... We may have, we may have missed it in there. But, um,
0: it was I think it was Venice? Was it not Venice when he they, he talks about go, taking her to Venice?
2: No, that was their first uh, their first date uh, as and he was Superman. He was sorry. He was Omni Man when he took her on that date to Venice. It was him showing off to her. What no, he when
0: they were based. there was the big dragon that- he was talking about. Hmm, yeah, yeah. Anywho, it it may have been the first, but yeah. no, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's.
2: But I I uh, really like the idea that this is what is going to keep uh yeah. debbie and and mark uh, in money effectively that well he's dead now so um his books are going to sell like hotcakes so you're going to be taken care of don't worry about it <laughs> yeah so if you people
0: if you're going to kill someone just make sure you kill an author and uh, marry them first but then kill them that, that's the thing so apparently cause apparently like an author and a painter yeah post-mortem they are worth so much more
2: to you apparently so, yeah. uh, tv podcast industries does not endorse anybody killing any family <laughs> members or friends or anybody they don't even know uh, at all uh, this is uh, this is a fun podcast about a cartoon <laughs> yes uh, anything else on the oh of course sorry the final part of this movement yeah. of, <laughs> of this say. is is that omni uh, omni man leaves earth um he has a look around kind of at what he's done uh and leaves um there's a comment from Cecil later on. They followed him all the way out of the solar system and he never moved direction at all. So he's heading very far away. He made no adjustments to his flight path effectively, which means he's traveling a very far distance from where they are. So we could have this hanging over us for a lot of next season that Omni-Man can turn come back at any point. Um, he could be going back to get reinforcements. He could be going back saying... Don't take over Earth. We'll move on. We don't really know what the reason for him going back is. Um, but there is a discussion with Alan the alien returning, uh, to this, in this episode, Seth Rogen, uh, coming back to warn Mark of the fact that there's a Voltramite on Earth. Watch out. Oh, I'm too late. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's brilliant. And like, oh, I love. It. I love yeah. Alan the and I also just love Seth Rogen. Uh-huh. He, he is that stoner embodiment of, you know, someone who goes, oh, God, I forgot to tell you, be yeah. careful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I forgot to give you your message last Friday uh, about yeah. that interview for the job that you're supposed to have on Monday. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, but you have the message now. And yeah, yeah, it's
0: like, oops.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is going to, be, yeah, you're right. This is going to be the thing that will hang over our heads mm-hmm. because Alan says it, they're not going to let the world be without Voldemort control. Yeah. So they're going to send someone else. If they don't send Nolan, if Nolan's not gone back to go, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. they're going to go send other people.
2: So this is the thing that's revealed in the conversation with Alan, right? That there is a, a conglomeration of other planets who have been attacked in the past by uh, Voltramites. Some of them have attacked, some of them have been threatened, and they're trying to form together to become some form of force that can that can stand up to the Voltramites. And they would be very interested in someone like Mark, who has the powers of the Vultramites, but isn't on their side. So, um, so that's a really interesting development. That's, uh, I love the line from Mark effectively, where he goes, I was worried about all the things that happened to me, but kind of knowing that it's so small in comparison to, to what's going on with the worlds getting together in this massive war effectively versus the Vultramites. Actually makes me feel a little bit better because yeah. I only have these small things to worry about. You, we all have these big, massive world or universe battles going on outside of Earth, which uh, which I thought was a, a nice line of setup for season two and three. I yes, suppose.
0: True, but he does have to finish high school first. He does. What <laughs> <saying? laughs> high school? Yeah, I funny. love that. He's like, that's great what's high school (laughs) um i i love the setup here um and the the, i think let's move on because i want to talk about where we leave it so we've essentially at the end of this season mark is sitting on the moon Mm -hmm. with alan the alien and we can talk about where he might go but alan the alien is talking about this conglomeration this coalition of planets Mm -hmm. um and then we can move on to kind of these other our other points or other areas because we can talk about where we leave the Guardians of the Globe. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, one of the thing about Alan, he mentions the fact that his uh, his race was one of the ones that was attacked by the Uh We saw that in the flashback yes. uh, with Nolan at Big in the episode. We see all the other Alan the aliens <laughs> <laughs> looking creatures all being completely destroyed by uh, by um, this Voltramite.
0: So what I want to call out is. In the comic book, they did the same panels discussions, right? And I think this is pretty much the same. So it's the same aliens, the same it's the same view and it's the same mm-hmm. shots, but one is for them being all happy and go lucky, like we were originally lied to, yeah. and then the truth. So we saw the island and the aliens. So in the comic book it was side by side, what mm-hmm. they you were told on the truth. So right. like you would see them handing um like a gift to this alien race the ultramites, right. and in the other, they're spearing this other, like, like a lance through this other uh, race of ultramites right. is doing it. So it was that kind of truth versus the reality. Very good. And I think they did something similar in this one as well, okay, where it was pretty much the same kind of style, yeah, uh, we, but yeah, when like, we saw we, a
2: vulture where we saw that planet back at the start of the season um that was this co- cooperation of everybody there everybody happy clappy uh this time we see the pile of half of the dead of the planet there so yeah. that's the that's the truth versus reality probably yeah. yeah ooh ooh uh
0: look go back and watch and you, when you see the diff the standing vultramites, there's a big guy there's two women mm-hmm. uh there's an asian um fulchmite uh look at those keep them in mind they will come back okay uh, they are they are they are named characters. Very I good. should say, like Very they are good. people you should.
2: Know. But yes, yes. Let's talk about the um, the, the Guardians of the Globe first. There's loads of other things that happen uh, in the episode. But where we where are we at the Guardian of the Globe in this episode? We it's just following on from last week where uh, Cecil has told him to watch on and if he needs them, he'll call them out. Um, I kind of like it that that Adam Eve comes back and joins them for this because this is a, such a big world threat. Yeah. Um, uh, also, a very interesting choice that they're not going to even try and go up against Omni-Man. They're going to go out and try and help and save people who've been affected by the attack and by the battle between Omni-Man and Mark. Um, so they're, they are much less of the uh, glory hunters that Blode yeah. probably was when we saw him the last time when he went out in the battle. He wanted to be the one that, that carried it. Now we see that they're actually just going to go out and try and help people.
0: Yeah, they've they, they shown... Character progression. Exactly. <laughs> They've shown growth. And I think that's the fun part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we get them to see that they they know they wouldn't last 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, they were destroyed by Battle Beast.
2: Oh, well, exactly. Uh,
0: and, like, they also saw that Omni-Man destroyed the Immortal.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: they know to a point they like they wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. What they can do is attempt to save the 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 humans or the the the, the population the survivors if yeah. you will yeah um and I do get like there's that just one particular line which kind of rules of where they're going and this is it's that similar piece of like Captain America versus Iron Man where it's we get Monster Girl or we should say we get Rupert uh, robot mm-hmm. versus Monster Girl and the rest of them. Where Rupert's no Cecil told us to stay here. We're staying. Like I'm. They're still trying to do that de facto leading bit because he's. Yeah. Remember, it's only been a few minutes since he's revealed himself as a like a cloned body of Rex Blood. That's theoretically true. like this is all like taking place pretty quickly. Um, but uh, you get to see Monster Girl do the the Captain America moment as I in my head was calling it, which is showing no no you're not a robot you're human now mm-hmm. like you you need to save the other humans too yeah, yeah. um i yeah. thought that was just a such a nice moment
2: mm-hmm. absolutely uh, yeah. for them Absolutely. And kind of sets him up for the future. Uh, he now has a, a robot suit that he sits inside. Um, yeah. which is different from, uh, from Iron Man. Uh, ba- basically. Yeah. But yep. uh, <laughs> a, much, a much taller Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was quite cool. And then we get the kind of symbolic removal of the blood from the murder of the original Guardians of the Globe. We had, uh, Cecil tell them that will stay as a constant reminder to never let their guard down and, 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 um, and until they were a true team, they wouldn't be able to remove that from the wall. Uh, a weird kind of moment with Samson telling him not to remove it. Yeah. Uh, until the whole team stand together. Um, and when he realizes they are all a team, they all pitch in and, and symbolically, uh, wipe the blood off and then go into training montage mode, uh, to show that they are.
0: We're going to have a team. montage. Hey,
2: we just came out of uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier yeah. with, uh, with their many <laughs> montages, uh, throughout that show. So, uh, so yes. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, th- th- this one was a bit, on the nose,
2: it was set up, and it ended exactly the way it was, set. but that's
0: yeah. exactly, and that's why i can't I can't be angry at it, yeah, like they have anything that I slightly disagree with, or I think that i not how I would I'm like, no, no, you set this up yeah you've you've done you, you did your due diligence, you did your homework, and mm-hmm. you're doing a payoff in the finale, fine, like bravo. Like, you set up the story, you hit, you get us the key beats, mm-hmm. you brought the team together, and then you get them to wipe forward to the next chapter. Yep. But you wipe away the blood, so they move to the next and become the guardians. And I'm like, no, no, you symbolically set up all the pieces, and then you knocked over the dominoes. I know there's a lot of different board game analogies <laughs> in one go. But, but you don't do sports gonna, analogies. So, no, uh, yeah. but I'm going to roll the dice, because I'm going to mix, if I'm going to mix metaphors, I'm going to mix them all.
2: Why not, Chris? Why not? Um, you're terrible at board games, obviously. Really no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: my God. Do you remember those multiple years long games of Game of Thrones? Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, so like, this just felt slightly off because it it's just it's just Samson's complete kind of hesitation. Yeah. And then as soon as the rest of the team backs up Rexplode, explodes, like, yeah. hey, hey, get your hand, don't fight him. Then he goes, oh, it's okay. Now we're all together in one team. I was yeah. just like, okay, fine. Yeah. And then you do get that beautiful training montage. Because that is that is cool. That was beautiful to see. Like mm-hmm. where they flipped him in the air. And like, the robot together shoots properly. out yeah. the bits. And they, like, they're showing them. And then you get... Monster girl giving duplicate the bottle of water after they have attacked each other, and you're like, hmm. "Oh, they're friends now." Exactly. <laughs> they
2: are a proper team. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Notice someone who wasn't there though.
2: Adam Eve wasn't there. Yes. yes, but she interestingly, even in the news report, it was called uh, the Garden of the Globe, and Adam Eve came yeah. into Chicago, so she's not a member of the team. Let's talk a little bit about her and where we leave her. We have, uh, I, I do love this. I love. William going over to the house uh, while Mark's in hospital <laughs> because he hasn't heard from Will- from from Mark at all since the fight. He knows who uh, who both Omni Man and, Mar- and and Invincible are, so he knows they've had this fight, but he's not heard from. Uh, interestingly, he rearranges all of their stuff uh, and to make it look more tidy uh, at the house. Um, but yes, himself, Eve and Amber effectively all come to the house uh, to meet up with Mark. Amber takes Mark back, realizing he's been lied to by his father. That's why he's uh, he's so confused and gives him. Another chance, and they basically get back together, uh, and then they all go off for uh, for a coffee to uh, talk about the situation. Um, just one thing about this scene that I wanted to mention is just the reveal from Eve uh, of who she is to uh, to William and Amber. Um, doesn't really go as she planned. No. No. They're like, oh, yeah, of course you can make loads of copies of yourself. And she goes, no, no, that's duplicate. Uh, Do they not? (laughs) I was wondering about this. And actually, I know we have a little bit of uh, this in a a question and feedback later on, but I'll answer it here. Um, Is this just because she's not a member of the Guardians of Glow, So she's not a fame seeker. She's gone off on her own to save regular people and doing these normal tasks and because she's not being followed by the media for doing them she's not as recognizable to william and and amber is that kind of what they're saying here kind of yeah i think that's kind of it she's not she's she's just not not as popular
0: as she thinks she is right she's like she was expecting a bit of the oh wow yeah yeah. Yeah. and she kind of got yeah all right yeah well done you You can rearrange your molecules go you
2: but it wasn't even that it was like they didn't even know who she was yeah (laughs) um two superheroes going to their school uh, that's not a that's not a no. shocker, yeah.
0: <laughs> and this is the interest like again she this will prob this will pay off later i think because okay. um because we we see her like throughout those two weeks she's still saving people helping mm. the world um because we just see her collapse into her treehouse in yep. a rainy day and i think this is going to she is saving people but is she making a difference
2: or is she getting the plaudits and awards that of the Globe are doing for you know they yes. they get the news reports but uh, but she does make the news report at least so um, when she's working with them in the in the rebuilding of Chicago I suppose so I, I just I just thought that's partly what what the the joke was with William not even uh, recognizing what an Atom Eve is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, who, who else do you want to talk about? So we we got this kind of big wrap up and setup uh, when Mark is asked by Alan the alien, uh, "What's he going to do now?" And then we see basically every major yep. character or villain, or even minor character or villain, uh, throughout the series and where they all are now. Um, feels like nobody actually was punished from the start of this season because everybody, all the villains, are have moved on to bigger and better things, apart from the Muller twins. By plane? <laughs> oh, my yes, he died in space. That's right. Yeah, yes, he was punched. He, into space.
0: He's, he's gone. He's a yeah.
2: Um That was that was by the gardens of the globe, though, wasn't it? In it's the first true. episode. Yes, it's true. Yep.
0: yep. <laughs> um, no, and I, this is good setup. This is yep. the. This is what I wanted. This was. We're gonna tease some stuff for you uh-huh. going forward, so you know kind of some things that might happen. Yeah. And
2: oh, okay. They're,
0: they're going for it.
2: So where where do you want to where do you want to okay. start? Who's
0: so there? the the Modern twins are back in prison. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good place to start. We see Doc Seismic, who we had last seen fall to the into the basically magma. Yeah, is um, he
2: was he was trying to crack um, Mount Rushmore? Yes, uh, in a, exactly. In a kind of a quick scene where where even and Mark had teamed up, right?
0: Yeah, and he's a doctor of uh, he was a doctor of uh, feminine studies. I think it was something something, something like, like that. that yeah. um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so he is now surrounded by his magmites, um, which yeah. are from the comic book, and these are the, the essentially. Do you remember the Mole Man and the uh, his mole people mm-hmm. and, from Marvel, Marvel comic books? Yeah. Is something very similar. Yeah, um, we see uh, Isotope and Titan are um, essentially. We see a gentleman who comes in an elderly, uh, iron jawed or steel jawed Asian man come in and then promptly change into a dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh you may recognize this uh, dragon? Uh
2: yeah, I believe it did appear on screen, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was the was that in Venice or was it in? Yeah, that was in Venice. Uh, okay, yes, yes.
0: Uh so this is a, another um crime lord
2: um, yes.
0: from the comic books which is going to be very cool. Can't
2: is this wait. the one so um Titan was wiping out another crime family. Is this the leader yeah. of that crime family back in I think it was the first fight a first yeah. battle wasn 't it um in in that episode where we, where we were we introduced to Titan He was wiping out a whole crime gang effectively of uh, i guess drug dealers or, or or gun shippers or something but we, but that that seems to be their leader maybe coming back to take revenge um potentially yeah. uh, it, it, interesting that ice moved over as as a right hand man as well sorry i don 't think I even got that from when Titan took over in that position that he was just going to have the old right-hand man of, uh, of Machine Head uh, would just move over as a new right-hand man for him. (laughs) Um,
0: that's Mr. Luke. So he's a rival and it's a big, it's a funny thing. It's a big thing. Okay. Um, what else, what else, where else, Where, where else should we go?
2: Just, just seeing Battle Beast, um, Oh, yeah. Destroying some very scared-looking aliens uh, on a yeah. ship, showing that he's still out there, um, fighting the terrible, terrible fight. I guess, um, we <laughs> a terribly brutal fight, maybe. Uh, we also get uh, Cecil looking over his new army of Rhianna men, um, with D. A. Sinclair looking uh, very healthy, uh, definitely got the jaw, um, fixed and uh, yep. n- no longer in cast, but an entire army of uh, of the Rhianna men. Interesting. So,
0: and for. Three nearly took down Invincible before.
2: That's true, yeah, yeah. So if we now we have, have an a army. couple of hundred, that they will probably come back in uh, in the future.
0: We get shown the White
2: Room. Oh yes, this I want to talk to about. It. Talk to you about this. This is just dropped. It seems like yeah. such a big thing that this yeah. uh, this organization has, uh, rather than just fluoride in the water to control people's minds – sorry, <laughs> wonderful old conspiracy theory from the 60s and 70s um, – rather than having that, uh, they've also added something that takes some of the light off the spectrum so they can hide many yeah. things – including the white room. And I like Cecil's uh, teasing that you'd be surprised how much we use this. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and it's, it's great. It's he's not just talking
2: about the white room. He's talking about the technology. Yeah. It's, it's surprising how much they hide things in plain sight for, uh, that people can't see. That's a really interesting idea.
0: <laughs> it's so fun. I forgot they had not done this before.
2: Yeah.
0: And I was like, Oh, this is that they're doing. The white room. I thought they were going somewhere else with it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just a fun. It is. It's a fun conspiracy, and then you start to think about it, right. and you're like, oh. "Hang on a
2: second, what's? Hidden? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. What else
0: is hidden in Frayne's side?
2: Absolutely. If we can see cameras that watch everybody in the world, what's being hidden? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we then get the sequids. Oh yes, from different uh, Mars. So kind of a follow up. Uh, kind of closing out the story from Mars because. They, uh, the last time we saw them, we saw them taking control of one of the astronauts up there. This time, yeah. we see that they are destroying the Martians. Uh, they've infiltrated the Martian base and yeah. they're attacking them in in their droves, effectively.
0: Because that one Martian wanted to go to Earth.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep.
0: Um, so that that will pay off in the season two. Uh-huh. Um, and
2: I've got one more which go I on. mentioned up front, and I was really surprised with um, the. Uh, race that were exterminated by Omni Man when he uh, traveled over through the oh, portal yeah. to their planet and we thought made them extinct over those, as you say, possibly hundreds of years. Uh, there are still survivors and they're plotting their revenge on Earth with a picture of, uh, of, uh, Nolan in the corner with his beard. Um, so they're looking to take revenge and looking to come back and making their plans against us. Um, which is just interesting because I did think they were completely white dead and there was anybody left, but, I, I was trying to puzzle it through in my head. And I was kind of thinking, you know, time moves differently there. They may have had a couple of hundred years and a few people and have reestablished their planet again. Maybe maybe that's the way it works.
0: It is, essentially. Right. Um, because, okay. we, yeah, we whole thing, we heard, like, time moves very fast for them. So this is essentially, like, a god has come through from another plane of existence, mm-hmm. destroyed us by one or two or four people, they have repopulated the planet mm-hmm. uh, over hundreds of years, and everyone is still like, "We must go back and kill him. Exactly. This god must die." They are doing the uh, Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor um, kind of Man of Steel uh, Justice League bit, where it's the god, god must die. die. Right, we right. mean men must rise up and kill him. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, again, these are just. It's a nice setup. It lets you know that the, the, like, hey, these plot lines are coming. Yeah, and. By the way, like, Doc Seismic, let's just quickly remind, he was there, we saw him on screen for, let's say, a max four or five minutes.
2: Maybe, yeah.
0: I, yeah, it's, gotta be, it's like that, like, it's like, hey, that character he off for four or five minutes, he was kind of mm-hmm. like just a, a passing bit of thing. Yeah, he's going to come back, and he may be a problem now. Yeah, Or we may use them for four or five minutes in season two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. 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 Uh, I did like this. And again, I like the framing of it as well, which is the question from Alan, what are you going to do now? We cut to all of these things happening across the universe that Mark has already connected with. And then it comes back to him and he goes, Oh, well, they've got to finish high school. So he's not even aware of how much threat is coming uh, in season two and season three. I really like that as a setup. Uh, I think that's it for my notes. And, uh, and as I say, the stream of consciousness for the, that I took down for this episode. Anything else you wanted to call that, Chris?
0: No, nothing for me. I highly recommend if anyone's doing a second kind of viewing, go through it with the X-Ray uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Amazon Prime, um, please. It, it is You will get, learn so much. Absolutely. uh Like so many little cool... N- uh, bits. They've also got some kind of bonus commentary bits up there as well.
2: Yeah, weirdly, I can only get access to those on when I'm watching it on a PC. I'm not sure whether the apps have access to that bonus content. You can't yeah. even see it on there, but if you're watching it on a PC, you'll get uh, video interviews with Robert Kirkman and uh, some of the other producers talking about each episode in a kind of a four or five minute, maybe a little longer commentary yeah. Um, that kind of connects stuff to the comic without spoiling the comic either, but it's talking about what they, uh, what side by side, what uh, what matches, I suppose, um, and what they pulled directly from the comic it's really interesting
0: yeah Um, i so i highly recommend that but um upon that because i've highly recommended that mm -hmm. uh, i'm not trying to put words in your mouth at all but derek do you defend the season finale of season one of invincible
2: of course i defend this yes absolutely this was fantastic considering we started this out as a podcast because you wanted to cover it, Chris and you were telling us uh, we should try it out. I'm a big Robert Kirkman fan. We were going to do 20 minute episodes uh, about each of the episodes because it's only it's only an animated show. We could do it really quickly. And how here we are at the end of the season. And I think it's one of the uh, most complete things I've watched in quite a long time. Really well put together with a really strong storyline, great action, um great voice acting, uh, great writing in the show. And I loved how this ends. And I also love the announcement that we have two more seasons coming, uh, before I saw the episode, because that always makes it good when, you know, this isn't the end. This is the setup for a definite, a definite future, which is, which is always good. So yes, absolutely love this one. Chris, what about you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did it, let me ask you
2: in a different way. Not just did you, do you defend the show? Did it live up to your hopes and, and expectations for a, a TV version of Invincible?
0: It truly did. Um. So I honestly did yes, when, as you said, I was expecting we'd we jump around this twenty minutes each, hour, maybe half an hour with some feedback. It's like I can't wait. This is this is one of my favorite comic books. Do you know what they'll probably do it justice? But I didn't like. I wasn't. My expectations were not set high because they have been dashed before. Right, like that's not a lie. Like they like comic book and uh, move uh, comic book adaptations sometimes. On the silver or golden screen,
2: mm-hmm. sometimes that have been the best. Is your TV golden?
0: Yes, it is. Interesting. Plated, yeah. It's <laughs> sometimes it's actually just gold leaf. It's just kind of like, <laughs> is it edible as well? Did you paint it yourself, cream? Chris? I did.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> um, so I wasn't expect. I didn't have huge hopes. I, I thought this would just be a good adaptation. They'd-, they'd jump a mile, kind of, and they'd miss huge story beats just to right. kind of condense it down. And then we found out that it was going to, like, each episode was nearly an hour.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then that opening trilogy of episodes.
2: Yeah.
0: I was like, oh, this is, this is not, this is not your, your kids' invincible. This is mm-hmm. not like, we're going to pare this down for you. No, like, the, I was like, oh, wow. And then I heard some of those interviews with Kirkman and I heard like, uh and I heard about like some of the other directors and stuff like that talk about this show and I was like, oh they're they are they're doing the one point five. This is this is do you know what this isn't like this is a piece of material we wrote back in the day. We are all way better at writing and directing and stuff like that. We've learned over the years. Mm -hmm. So let's like that's it. No one kill me, but this is my... Remember Sherlock Holmes? So when you read Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes for the first time, mm-hmm. and then you saw, say, the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch version of mm-hmm. Sherlock, yeah. they, they up-leveled it because there has been this like knowledge of, oh, well, you can take a beautiful story and you can just evolve it yeah well saying very true to what it is yeah. but you can just pull out some extra like give some extra dialogue to debbie or give this extra small bit of uh like joke here around doc seismic or mm-hmm. like to extend out this uh scene with uh, uh adam eve and uh, rex Flood, so that will pay off later yeah. and all these they they were able to just evolve and grow with without detracting from so for me this has completely it has subverted my expectations excellent excellent Uh, i know the question that we were talking
2: about early on in the season as well was um for you as a comic book reader with the kinds of twists and turns that are in the comic book, would it be ruined by uh, you already knowing what was coming? And uh, you already talked about that earlier on a little bit as well. But but overall, the what's been delivered on screen has been satisfying, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I knew this finale, this reveal was coming for since episode one. Mm-hmm. The way it was delivered, the way they showed how little Nolan cared yeah i never would have i never in a lifetime would have guessed so yeah even with that burden of knowledge we sometimes call it on this or okay as i sometimes call it that burden of there
2: knowledge,
0: you go <laughs> um i'm just happy because Excellent. it was so well done like it that and that shows the strength of good writers mm-hmm. um it really does a good writers room and a good kind of source material
2: Excellent, excellent. Well, one final thing before we go into feedback uh, about the announcement of season two and season three, Um I really, really hope that they didn't just find out uh, this week that uh, season two <laughs> and season three. Have been announced. <laughs> uh, one of the writers from uh, from the show uh, just popped up on Twitter to say, "Just remember, uh, the first season of uh, of Invincible took two and a half to three years to make." Um, so if they only just fed out on Wednesday or Thursday this week, it may be a very long time before we come back to a season two of Invincible, so I would be shocked if they they hadn't got commissioned for those three seasons quite a long time ago.
0: So that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that so much because, yes, then maybe every April, maybe kind of Mm -hmm. March, we'll get it for the next two years. Like, we could get that. Um, That being said... They, this may have been a bit of an unknown. And we may have to wait to 18 months or so. Maybe. Like, no, they don't have to go full, full pre production. Yeah. They can save on some of the animation that they've already done and all the, the previous work they've already done. Yeah. So maybe it's not as big of a uplift to get there. If they did just find out this week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it was just a known secret.
2: I'd be surprised breaking down an animation studio who does tv and starting it back up again uh is is really unusual in the in the industry isn't it so stuff like mm. i think simpsons every time it gets renewed gets three season renewals and family guy when it gets renewed it gets three season renewals yeah. because when you stop work on something and start it again it gives a huge gap uh in delivery of the product so let's hope we're crossing fingers here at tv podcast industries that there will be uh, a season two within the next year or so, right?
0: Yes, very much so. And but if Robert Kirkman wants to come on our little podcast and <laughs> tell us we are right or wrong or no comment, we will accept that as well.
2: Hey, we'll even accept Robert Kirkman coming on going and we have no comment about that. <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> Let's move on to some of the feedback from our fellow guardians. Mm-hmm. Um first up we had an email from John Daniel who had this to say. Hey there, I've been really adoring your coverage of the Invincible show. I'm even trying to catch up on the comic, which I didn't know existed until a few weeks ago. Mm. Last episode, you mentioned the Harley Quinn animated series was something a fan of Invincible might be into, and you were correct. It's absolutely hilarious. Thanks so much. Also, I may as well predict that I think the season finale of Invincible will be all about the fight. We'll see you soon enough. Take care. John from Chicago. So, Multiple things that I want to call out, John. Uh-huh. And first and foremost, thank you. I'm glad you're adoring our coverage. Uh, we yeah. are so happy. And I'm so glad as well that you've caught up on the comic you We're catching up on the comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirdly, yes, Harley Quinn. Again, I, I rarely say... I rarely recommend stuff. Mm-hmm. But, well, no, I don't. I recommend you stuff, recommend stuff I, every week. I no, do. you defend I stuff do. every week, sorry. Yes, I defend. <laughs> but I would... Anyone else who's listening, yes, check out Harley Quinn. I'm so glad you are enjoying it as well. It really is hilarious. And fourthly... Uh, yeah, your prediction came quite true.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes, the entire episode was literally about the fight. accent. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sean. Great to hear from you. Thanks and welcome aboard. Hopefully you're going to join us for some of our other shows uh, as we continue going on, on TV Podcast Industries. We also got an email from Amrita Das, um, who says, This is my first time writing in, but I've really enjoyed your podcast for about a year now, especially on The Boys Season 2 and The Witcher. Uh, about Invincible, I was so confused by Amber's reaction in Episode 7. She broke up with him last episode, Episode 6, because he apparently wrote... Ran away uh, when they had the cyborg killing machine attacking them. But she saw that Invincible showed up right after, and if she knew who Invincible was for ages, then why was she so mad? He did help keep everyone safe. They've known each other a few months at this point, and a secret identity is huge. It just doesn't make sense for me that Amber broke up with him over the fact that his big secret was saving lives and was mad that he didn't tell her, and still stayed mad when he did tell her. I'm kind of feeling like she's playing him somehow. Do you guys think Amber is just being childish or has some secret agenda? Thanks, Amrita. That's an interesting idea, Amrita. Um, they are back together in this episode. I know obviously you hadn't seen the episode before you sent in this feedback. Now, Amber and, and, uh, Mark are back together. I think there's just that trust thing, isn't there? There's just that idea that he didn't tell her and William knows as well. There's, there's part of that. Um, there's the idea that he thinks this will get him out of trouble at any stage, um, by saying that. Well, I'm a superhero, so that's why I never turn up for these important times in your life. So I think she's just reacting in that way because he's using being a superhero as an excuse for not being dependable. I think that's probably what it is,
0: yeah, but I'm just going to say, I don't like that they're back together. I just that i I did not like that ending, but and I think that's more just because I've recently started watching Superman and Lois. Okay. And Lois Lane consistently when when she knows Clark is Superman, spoiler alert, sorry, Clark count is Superman, Oops, <laughs> sorry. A ninety year old um, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Shoulda should've led with that. Um she agrees and this uh, this uh, additionally this whole new series of Superman and Lois uh-huh. is about how he had to consistently run off and she was okay with it, but then their their kids kind of didn't have Clark around all yeah. the time, yeah. uh, so I was like, "No, no, no, no! He's in there. He's, Amira, you're right. He's saving people." Yeah, and she knew, so she shouldn't be that angry, I suppose. But she
2: wasn't told, uh, except as an excuse, and then he tried to make up terrible excuses, even though she knew. I think I think that's part of it, but I I totally get what you mean, though, Amira. It's it, it's a it's a really I think it was a nice twist that she knew and didn't accept that as an excuse. I think that's more uh, what I was interested in in that in that moment. But again, uh, they are back together. We'll see the we'll see how, how long that lasts uh, when we get to season two. I guess because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I'm sure Mark's going to put his foot in it again. <laughs> oh, of course. Over on Facebook, uh, John Bucket has a quick message for us. He just said, Oh, that subway scene."
0: Yep, <laughs> that is my response. Yep. yep. Uh... I was trying to think of, like, just kind of to do something a bit more harsh, but I really didn't want to do, like, water pouring out a rock or something. Just to kind of go, no, that's not, no, no, that's terrible.
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, Dr. Bob Phillips says, that was a proper finale, wasn't it? I enjoyed the buckets of blood, the unyielding subway scene, the wrap-up, and loads of the baddies being put back on the board for another game, and the hint of redemption and learning of the next two seasons getting me internally predicting how this arc will evolve. The diner scene at the end, with the reveal of Eve, who clearly looks identical without the leotard, made me wonder if this was a dig at comic fans failing to distinguish any female superheroes from each other, or if this was uh, from the original comic books or something added into the TV show. Any idea? Did William and uh, and Amber know uh, that... Eve was at a Eve or did they confuse her with the comic books being duplicated, Chris? Or is this just added to the show? Added um, to the show. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like, I, I suppose it could be just a dig because she does look the exact same but with just a leotard yeah. um, and tight. But at the same point, I think it also could just be a dig at she is not as popular as or as big as... She was a member of Teen Team, yeah. but maybe Teen Team was. Like, not as big as the Teen Titans, for example.
2: Right, maybe, maybe. (laughs) Thanks for that, Dr. Bob.
0: Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Bob. We also have some feedback from Dan Lee, who said, I was blown away by this episode. Up until two weeks ago, I hadn't even heard of Invincible. But this finale is one of the best things I've watched in goodness how long. Mm -hmm. So glad we have you on board, Dan. That means you've binged our show as well as Invincible. At the same time. Yeah. I'm very proud of that. Two weeks binging of other our episodes. A
2: good man, Dan.
0: <laughs> Final piece of feedback on Facebook comes from Donald Dennis, who said, wow, great episode. Or later, if I get a second viewing. We hope you got a second viewing, Donald. Like, we really do. <laughs> this deserves I I know I've done t- two viewings. Derek, I think you had three.
2: I've had at least uh, three. And
0: yeah. I, think I'll probably, midway through the year, I'll do a kind of, on a on a good long weekend, do a back-to-back viewing of this, I think.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. But glad to know you enjoyed the episode. I, I completely forgot to mention uh, the reason why I watched it twice last night uh, was um, when it came out at 2 a.m., John was <laughs> asleep. Uh, he had slept, uh, of course, because it's 2 a.m., you know, but uh, I turned on the episode because it went live. Um, John woke up about 10 minutes of the episode, watched the rest of it and was kind of going, that wasn't as big a reveal. Um, as I thought Chris was making it out to be. I thought it was going to be this massive reveal of what of what had gone on with the Vulture Mites. I said, you missed the first 10, epi- ten minutes of the episode. Let's just <laughs> rewind that. And when he saw the first 10, ep- ten minutes, uh, yes, he realized that is an absolutely massive reveal <laughs> uh, and realized how much better the episode is with those 10 minutes included.
0: Yeah. If you're going to watch The Invincible... Episode. We highly recommend you watch the first 10 minutes of every watch episode. All of it, yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Or at least start with that first 10 minutes and then watch the rest.
2: Don't jump in. Don't jump yes. in after that. Definitely. Just as we finished recording, got a final email in about uh, Invincible, the finale, uh, from 084. Uh, 084 says, Hey guys, I finally binged through Invincible and definitely have thoughts on the finale. It was crazy. In an episode and season filled with insane, gratuitous deaths, they somehow topped themselves with that brutal train scene. I had hoped that Omni-Man's motivations were much less moustache twirly but they still got me emotion-wise, particularly the pet line. I also like that Invincible didn't miraculously win the fight with brute strength, and instead it ended with a small inner conflict within Omni-Man. Can't wait to see how the show goes from here. Hope you guys are doing splendid, and enjoy your week. Until next time, 084. There is absolutely a reason why I came back to record this feedback, because we didn't mention the pet line, which is another brutal moment from Omni-Man, where he says uh, that Debbie is more like a pet to him than a wife, because she's only going to last a few a few years in the entire life cycle of who he is, that was brutal. And she
0: heard that.
2: And she heard absolutely. And yeah, she heard. That's it, yeah.
0: the that, and I yeah. We should have shot them when we talked about her crying in the bed mm-hmm. uh, before going to um, over to the the dressmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah. Maker, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Like, that's, oof. but I have to say though, mustachio twirling. Less mustachio twirling, more. Um, I think we kind of more SS bootstepping, if yeah. you will, yeah. empire based versus kind of mustachio. <laughs> I have the world.
2: <laughs> Although he does have a mustache and he is <laughs> villainous, so he would of course twirl his mustache if he, if he wanted to. <laughs> it's,
0: it's too short and well maintained. Maybe. Like he he would need to kind of do the you know those flicks up. Mm. Now, if it was hipster Omni Man. Yes, that would be mustachio twerking
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thanks so much for your feedback, OA4.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, OA4. To wrap up our feedback section, we have some feedback from the one, the only, the impeccable, Steve Brown.
1: Did I realize before that they were not, they were speaking without moving their lips in the first time we see Seth Rogen's character? Hey guys, it's Steve, and I'm watching uh, Invincible, where I really come from for the first time, and I uh, just wanted to make two quick comments before I finish the episode. Uh, Nolan said the name of the the last episode at the end of the episode, he said it very closely to the beginning, the name of this episode, very close to the beginning of this episode, and I just, I'm this many days old realizing that uh, Alan the Alien and Invincible were talking with their minds. Okay, wow, I absolutely cannot wait to watch that again, because... Wow. Such a good, so bloody that fight. I don't know where to begin. I already kind of begun, but, uh, wow. Okay. So a couple of things that I, I think is interesting that, um, okay. So we have the coalition of planet pl- planets, and then we have the Viltrumite empire, right? So they're obviously against each other. Um, and so, now, where did Nolan go? That's going to be the interesting. And, you know, the, the announcement that they have been uh, renewed for a second and a third season is so exciting. that, uh, And they have so much story to tell. I mean, we saw that whole montage of all the different threats that could be coming to Earth. And we know that the Martian threat is still out there as well. So, uh, wow. Okay, I'm going to watch it again and uh, send some thoughts to uh, Mark and Jamie. But I can't wait to hear you guys break this one down. Talk to you later.
2: Excellent, Steve. Thanks so much. Yeah, I actually looked back at uh, at the episode where Alan was introduced uh, before. And yes, they are talking with their minds back then as well. It's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously uh, this comes from my comic book. So it's normally on the page. So you'd never have to even explain that they're talking with their minds because their lips don't move. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a really interesting choice that both of them are speaking with their minds in the, in the show.
0: Thanks, Steve. Um, yes, the beginning of this is brilliant because I do love how they have said the name of the episode in every episode. Mm-hmm. It does remind me of the, I think there was an, there was a film or the TV show was so like, ah, they said the name of the, it's Family Guy. It's so like, ah, they said the name of the film in the film. Yes. Ah. <laughs> they have been doing this and I love that.
2: I like yeah. That. This, it was interesting. Look, a... look, we've kind of analyzed that in other shows where they where they how they use the titles and where they get the titles of the episodes from. And the comic books, I think, are all named after albums or musicians. Um, I yeah. think from eighties and nineties music and that stuff. Whereas they didn't take any of that inspiration. This is all in episode uh, titles, right?
0: Yeah, I think they should have kept with the original because this, we would have been doing like the Luke Cage back when we were doing Defenders TV podcast. It was every episode of Luke Cage was based on a. And a kind of eighties or nineties rap or R and B.
2: A song by Gangster was, yes. uh, was the, uh, the the treatment for for season one of that, yeah. Um but yes, I totally agree with this so much uh set up for what's going on uh, next season in these in those final moments as well and a very very bloody episodes. Thanks once again for all of the feedback that we've received throughout the season of Invincible. Uh, hopefully, you will return uh, to us with in the future for uh, for other shows that we're doing. Weirdly, this is our first animated show that we've done in TV podcast industries, and we are staying in the realm of animation for the next while. Actually, we um, I, don't, I don't know when we're going back to uh, to full live action week to week coverage in the future, but we will be staying in. Well, actually, we'll be traveling to a galaxy far, far away, because we're going to be covering Star Wars The Bad Batch, uh, which begins on May 4th, of course. Um, <laughs> May the 4th be with you. It uh, begins on May the 4th on Disney+, Plus uh, with a 50-minute uh, episode, uh, followed by wow. another new episode, a half-hour episode on Friday, uh, and then every Friday from then on for the rest of the season. So we'll be, uh, we'll be covering that. That's our next big show. Uh, we'll also be staying in animation, this time with Marvel, for Modoc. I know you're a Modoc fan, Chris.
0: I'm a machine organically described for
2: killing something like that
0: (laughs) I think that was it that was off the top of my head without a a take so I'm not sure if all
2: those letters are right Chris. mental
0: organism designed
2: only for killing Chris yes there you go I knew I was close. Damn it. So yeah. So this is this is the robot chicken uh, of the of the Marvel Universe, the kind of Family Guy of the uh, of the the Marvel Universe. So uh, so t- poking some fun at uh, Marvel heroes and villains. Uh, oh yeah. And, and will be available from I think May twenty eighth on uh, Star, which is the adult uh, side of uh, of Disney Plus. So
0: yes, we have Pat Noswold as Modoc. We have John Hamm as Iron Man. We have. The one known Nathan Fillion as uh, Wonder Man, reprising his role, apparently, maybe, who knows. <laughs> J- apparently, theoretically, he may have posed as uh, Simon Williams back in the day for James Gunn on the back of a poster. I think so. Um, yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yes, looking forward to it. Um, but first and foremost, before we kind of wrap up here, as we wrap up I should say thank you so much for joining us this has been an absolute pleasure to do this uh, podcast with my illustrious co-host Eric mm-hmm. but also with all our fellow guardians we enjoy doing this um, and we will be doing we will be back when Invincible comes back uh, if they do drop anything crazy we'll be back in for those one-offs but I don't think they will um, but I highly recommend anyone check out the comic book Absolutely. support your local comic book shops in this uh, dire time and give them a, an old, buy the first 1830 issues and that will get you up to date where we are now.
2: Exactly, exactly. Oh, and of course, if you're subscribed to our Invincible feed or Invincible standalone feed, um we do cover uh, the boys on this. So we'll be getting season two and season three of the boys as well uh, on this feed. But otherwise, join us over on tvpodcastindustries.com for our normal, uh, regular episodes every week. We are just finishing up our coverage of Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, with our... Recap of the making of episode, uh, which just came out on uh, on Disney Plus today, the thirtieth of April, uh, and we'll also be uh, announcing the winner of our goodies, our Falcon and the Winter Soldier pub quiz uh, over there on uh, on our main feed. So uh, please join us there. If not, we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you like what you've heard, make sure you head on over to Patreon dot com slash TV Podcast Energy, where you can support us for just a single dollar dollar bill, y'all. Or don't want to support us over for Patreon.com, why not head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI, where you can buy our editor's screen. Yes, I wanted to say I'd like hail Hydra reference in there, but probably, I could go Madame Coffee, if you will. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if you want to head on over to buymeacoffee.com, yes, you can keep our illustrious editor, Derek, in caffeine, as he... Edits away into the wee hours of the morning
2: yes that would be awesome buy me coffee.com TVpi if you want to support us in a one-off way other than other than that you can pop on over to uh, patreon and support us for any event uh, on a monthly basis uh, thanks so much to everybody that's been supporting us over the last couple of years as well been really good to uh, to hear from you and get some great comments uh, from you throughout all of our coverage we will talk to you again really soon I'm sure
0: yes thank you so much for joining us can't wait to talk to you for season two and three Hopefully in less than 12 months, but we'll see. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, keep being invincible.
2: Bye.